Hey, this is Akuya Jamfi, and you're listening to TBB Talks, a podcast where we from the British Blacklist bring you our conversations with creative black folk from the UK and across the globe. We'll be talking to up and comings, headline popping, and the legends from screen, stage, music, and literature. Basically, if they're creative, we'll be talking to them. And we hope to shed some insight into their lives, the work that they choose, who their inspirations are, how they stay motivated, and more importantly, how they keep sane being black in the arts and entertainment world. Hi, guys. Hello, hello, hello. Who's in the room? Daniel Lawrence Taylor, Khadif Kerwin. Adelio, Adelio. And you guys are the cast and the creator of uh, Time Wasters. And you're back for season two. When did you hear the news? So the first series went out, and then it was probably like about a month or two later that I found out. But like all the noises were pretty positive. So I was a bit like, I feel like this is going to happen. So I was already lining up ideas for series two already. And then, yeah, and then we got the news and then ready to go. So about you two, were you like... Okay, this is sounding like it's going well. Do you have to make like plan A, plan B plans and when something like this is going on? Well, yeah, because when we... Sh- we kind of had to do it from the, from the start with the pilot to the first series and then we're like, okay, we're going to get a second series. So the, the potential dates were already in the diary. So our teams were working around that mm. for other stuff. Um, but then when we got the confirmation, we were all gassed because it's such a fun show. We all get on really well and then we're like, yeah, let's do it again. There's no kind of reservation about, okay, having different offers come in, but knowing something like this is coming up, is that like a challenge in regards to picking and choosing? In a way, yeah, but I I mean, I got two offers to be in the West End and I chose Time Wasters because it's just that show and it's just these people. So there was just no other option really for me. Yeah, no, it is it is difficult because you just you don't know. Like even before we got before we I can't remember exactly when we found out that season two was being going going, going again. But it still took it took a while before everything was like solid solid and, and, and I was like, okay, I'm definitely gonna be there on the thirteenth of whatever whenever we start. So it is difficult. But then I think and I always say this to Katif when we're on the phone, like we feel so grateful to Time Waster Series One. Like it was so much fun on set. We had such a great time. I think all of us like developed so as, much. Yeah, and people. Com- like, I don't know, it was just so great. So even though there are things coming through and you're like, oh, I can, oh this might happen or that might happen, you're still going, but I, I really want to go back. And if there's any way I can make it work, I'm going to make it work. That's testament to your work, Daniel. Yeah, no, it's good to hear. No, it's really lovely to hear. Yeah. And the money. We like the money. <laughs> I didn't want to say. The coins. It's, it's a really good feeling. And I kind of felt that from the moment they all auditioned, like they all kind of came in, like talking about how much they loved the script and loved the show and loved the idea. So I already knew that they had a lot of love for it. And then like just doing it as well, like performing on set together, we got really well. I've been doing this for years. You can compare it to other shows and like the atmosphere on set was different. Something magical. And yeah. it came through on the screen, definitely. You guys mm. have a natural camaraderie. Everyone's believable, even in your silly, most silly <laughs> Yeah. And it is silly, but it's, it's, it's just so much fun. And it, obviously it was back to recognize in Edinburgh Film Festival. So what was that like having your little baby have that kind of recognition? And I know some of you have also had 
further BAFTA recognition. And someone, <laughs> someone's not in the room, guys. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. He's obviously thinks he's too nice for this. Yeah, yeah massively. Yeah. Ignore him. No, <laughs> he uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> Samson. Uh, actually, last time we say last time we say Samson Ko's name. He's <laughs> <laughs> dead to us. So obviously, the BAFTA recognition, and then on top of more BAFTA recognition, what's that like? And how does that um, how's that kind of changed your perspective about this industry? Maybe for mm. the higher, maybe for the lower moments when you're like, this stuff is so hard. And yeah, yeah it, it is that um, the accolades and the recognition was completely unexpected in a way because we've just made a show that we love and we thought this is fresh and it's new and it's got an audience because we don't see stuff like this for people like us. Then you know the awards and that come and you're like, rah. This is all right, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and I mean, we all find out on WhatsApp. We were in yeah. the WhatsApp group. We're like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" And then, yeah, it was just special to be there to share it with with this particular group of people. Yeah, felt like a movement. Um, and I mean, comedy in the UK is strong. We've got a lot of great comedians, a lot of stuff going on in different channels, and to be recognised amongst all of that was really, really special. It was amazing, and also the support after it was recognised. Like so many people were really, really happy for us, mm. happy for the show. And that was like, cause I wasn't here, I was away. And I just got loads of messages and stuff through on Instagram from people that I don't know, I've never met, that also kind of took it as a win for themselves as well. Mm. Which was for the culture. Like, mm. Very, very It cool. is for the culture. It's one of those moments because even me watching it with my daughter, I had a time when I was going, I had Nickelodeon, I had Sister Sister, I had Cosby Show, I had all those shows, even though they're American. We had some stuff that we could watch and we could yes. slightly relate to. I felt like you guys, your generation, my daughter's generation, had some stuff that was missing. Mm. So this is is definitely for the culture, and it's nice to say that you feel that that people are responding like oh, yeah, yeah. If yeah. just just like people that you just wouldn't expect that watch the show. You're like going through Houston, and you get stopped by like a sixty year old woman from like barking. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, I love your show. It's so good, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> but that's the magic of it, having you guys as central characters, but going into a time where other people can relate to it, and it doesn't seem so exclusive, oh. it's yeah. bringing everybody in from different um, factors, which is really important. Um, do your parents get it? Because I know Samson brought his mum to the BAFTAs. Because we shoot it in Liverpool, and my parents are based in Preston. Oh, okay. My mum's the most insane cook, so she season one she came, and season two again she came and cooked for the entire mm. cast and the crew. And, Cooks up some Caribbean food, some curry yep. goat, some lamb, some stewed yep. chicken, and yep. Yep. so. Yep. And then she got to go on set and see how it was like made. She was like, "Right, you do a lot of sitting about." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Mom, I've been up since five, so." But yeah, it was really good for our parents to to see the, yeah. the work. Yeah, I actually don't think my mum has watched it. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Do you want her to watch it? She, you, there's no bits that you No, don't no, like. no. She can. I'm just thinking because I know she'd have a very strong reaction, and I don't remember it. So that means she hasn't. The season two is coming. The mum. Yeah. You do bits yeah. in this season as well, so make sure she watches it. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Segueing <laughs> into that, so tell us, this season two. So you, it's it's 1950s. It's a nut. I love that new new time jump. Mm. This mm. is very um. It's quantum leap. Do you guys? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, so you know it, it. I don't know what it is. I laughed. I did that thing where you just want to be you a faked it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no quantum idea. Quantum leap was a school psych. Okay, I can't even. <laughs> even explaining it. Whatever. It's a quantum leap moment. Um, you're going to a new time. Uh, you've got facing new challenges. Can you go down the line of, um, and tell me about what each character is facing in this new season? Okay. Uh, so for Nick. Having failed to like become a success in the 1920s London, he's given another chance in the 1950s where he's amongst like loads of jazz greats. 
However, he also realizes that rock and roll is coming in and jazz is slowly dying. So he does everything in his power to revive it, um, which obviously he struggles to do. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Uh, Jason, Jason, Jason. So after the 1920s, he went back to modern day heartbroken after leaving his love. This time around, he discovers his love is still in the 50s. So she's, she's aged up a little bit, but they're still very much in love. And he's become a father, and his son's older than him because of the whole time jump. Um, so he, his motivation this season is to impart his wisdom on this older man um, and to secure that legacy. So it, it's it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, there's some really great interactions uh, this time around for Jason, and he, I think, actually, second season, he's probably dumber than he's ever been. So it's Aww. it's just great to play. So and it's great to see on screen. So yeah. Dumber, so I can't, I can't do it a minute. Yeah. Dumb, you made him dumber. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and more naked. It's quite important to me. No. <laughs> I think because, weirdly enough, when I started writing, like, in the pilot, Jason is not that particularly dumb. Like, he's quite cool and whatnot. And then when Khadif started playing him, <laughs> I wow. saw the potential <gasps> of taking him to new eras. No, 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 no. The I think, like, I'm, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Khadif definitely brought layers to it. And also, like, knowing what he was capable of doing, I knew that I'd be able to push him to the limit and know that Khadib could, like, hit those notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of why. And it makes it for, like, Jason in this series is fucking brilliant. Like, it's hilarious. Because of how stupid he is. And Khadib does really, really well at playing that. Still, the explanation didn't really help. No, no. What's their problem in that? Be stupid. It's fine. Basically, really good at being stupid. Well, I went to the Central School of Speech and Drama, darling. So, I understand totally. And yes, young lady. Uh, yeah, Lauren's motivation is money, always. Always, um, <laughs> the businesswoman. Always, throughout the whole series, it's money. But she also does this thing where she empowers women to... Am I allowed to say about the... Yeah, the go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, she meets like a bunch of strippers and she wants <laughs> to open like a strip club. And so she just empowers these women to, you know, be okay with what they've chosen to do in life, which is stripping. And if you're going to do it, let's just do it right. Let's make sure we're all safe. And I'm like, it's all for money. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Empower them. Do what you got to do. And also, we get to see her uh, romantically involved, which is, I think, yeah, it's quite nice. I read the notes on this. It's yeah. quite interesting. I didn't know what was spoiler what wasn't. So I'll keep my mouth shut. But that'll be interesting yeah, to yeah. see how that works in you guys' dynamic. Yeah. Mm. Um, so well, this season, it's, you guys deal, deal with Windrush. Mm -hmm. You deal with race a bit more, mm -hmm. a bit more in depth. How do you find the balance of talking about stuff that's really serious, mm -hmm. but yet with the slapstick and the humour and the craziness of what you guys get up to? It depends if you want to do it or not, do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you can kind of tip the balance. And I wish I had, like, a theory to it, mm -hmm. but I don't. I, I deal with the reality of the time. So black people in the 1950s were treated a certain kind of way. And so I just have that play out. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's it like to be in 1950s London and being black? It's seeing those signs and how do you respond to it? And it, then it's just being truthful to the characters. In episode six, the West Indians can't find a home. So Lauren uses that to his advantage. She brings them round to their house and then makes money off the back of it. Do you know what I mean? So it's... it's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hope I'm going to say this right. I think the way Daniel does it is really... Um, uh, what's the word? Maybe honest, because 
we, we, you know, we come straight out of the time machine and we see signs like no blacks, no Irish, no dogs or whatever. And we, we don't have like a huge breakdown about it. We're not like, oh my gosh, this is what we, you know, there's none of that. And I think that the two match quite well because in today's society, when things like that happen, we do have to just sort of get on with it yeah. and still figure out a way through life anyway, even though there's all this BS going on around us. Yeah. So I think the reason why it works so well in the show is because it does make you think, you sit there, you see a sign like that, you're watching the show, you see a sign like that, and you see these characters just have to get on with it, and you go, <laughs> you laugh, and you're like, shit, there's yeah. literally, someone could literally just throw a brick at them, and yeah. you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, but they're just getting, they're just having to figure out a way to get on with it, and you sort of go, this is really messed up, it's funny, mm. but it's really messed up, yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. that's similar to life, like, you, if shit like that happens, you sort of just have to, yeah, figure well, it yeah. out, yeah. 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 Were you okay. waiting for that moment, for that kind of, when can I really, get a bit of race stuff off my chest and, <laughs> and when, you like, when you do the next time jump or whatever and the next season um, like okay we've done that now because so, well, so I think also was, people probably maybe did they come up to you and say hey are well, you going to deal with this are you going to tackle these yeah, yeah. subjects and stuff like that I mean it's quite fun to kind of do that as we were saying earlier like um, in series one and like we, it's a black jazz band and slowly like <laughs> the black members slowly get pushed out and yeah. it's an all white jazz band yeah and then the final joke is how successful they become because no one sells black music better than white people. Like making those kind of social commentaries is always fun because again, like it's true. Like it's true. No one, Justin Timberlake was fucking massive, do you mean? And he was making Michael Jackson music. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. And so I like, like picking up on those kind of points is always fun to do, do you know what I mean? And just doing it in a very honest and truthful way. Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about asking, you know, to travel to a tropical island? Or oh my God, literally, <laughs> we've been saying this for so long. Just trying to get pause, 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 before we finish answering, because if you do that, I get to do the... Do you get to come and do... Yeah, I mean, we'd love you to be on set, doing the do press on set, surely. Interviews behind the scenes, yeah. you know, whatever it is, on the yeah. beach. I mean, we don't mind. We, if, if it's a low-budget thing, we can just go to South Africa, you know? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, season three, we want to be somewhere hot, and I think for the authenticity of the characters, for them to find hot. their roots, do you know would what I mean? be really, where you know, did something... The, where did all that melanin come from? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It'd be really interesting. So, Daniel... Yeah, no, yep. I, I know you might need some feedback into doing something else. the series yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go Obviously on. with my expertise that where you thinking, you know, could go to Ghana, elsewhere, to other places outside of the UK. Mm. Do you know of Liverpool? No, but do you know what? No, I haven't. And we're not going to. We're gonna stay in Liverpool and hopefully we're gonna film it in February if we do another series where it's freezing cold and that these guys suffer for their art. Mm. Well, you're not getting me naked anymore. <laughs> Truthfully, like I think it always has to be set in London because that's where there was time jump. And I think the interesting thing about the show is see what London was like in different time periods. And that's the only reason why we don't go to another place. But you know, the, uh, we might be doing a Time Wasters US version, so maybe. That's what it's going to come on to, but it's. Oh, no, 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 not with you. No, but I'll go, because I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be on the show, so. I'll and this like... is at the point where this interview calls the same <laughs> So it's I'll fine. let you know what it's like in like Malibu or something. Yeah. We weren't optioned for season. No, we're not just, optioned, yeah. Yeah, just, just get <laughs> wow. ready to pay that shmoney, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mm. imagine seeing your story again recreated in, around the world. So I was in LA not so long ago in talks about like doing a 
series over there. And I think it wouldn't even be a case, like a lot of remakes, they tend to take the original scripts, but I don't even think that we'd take these original scripts. I okay. think we'd start fresh because their black history it's is so, so different, different to our yeah. black history every single decade for them. I mean, they take such different leap. You've got their Malcolm X's and your Martin Luther King's and, you know, your Rosa Parks and stuff. So, so if, you, if this was to happen, yeah, 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 come on, down the line, who would you want to play your characters? Who do you think best represent? Oh, wow. Yes. In America. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which actor, actress is like... So me, obviously, Michael B. Jordan, because there's just so there's many some, similarities. Yeah, aesthetically, you look yeah. so similar. Yeah, yeah. Because sure. he wears glasses... I wear glasses. In stuff. Sure. No, no, not in stuff, but he can wear them. He can wear them on set. Right. Sure. Not just off not set. Just, okay, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. And then we're both black. So that's two wow. things. Yes. Both men. Wow. Um, sure. He was in Black Panther and I enjoy Black Panther. <laughs> so that's three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're both men. Yep. Sure, sure. So that's four. <laughs> I could I could go on. But Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. Go. This is hot. I have a small pool, though. That's hot. Go on. Like, like go on. Who's, like, I don't know who. Look, Black I'll jump in my, for my character in season three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, okay. Lupita yeah. denied. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. One of the two. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aesthetically, yeah. delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashton Sanders to play me. I think he's brilliant. Ashton Sanders. Uh, Sharon Two Moonlight. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, because okay. yeah, I think Jason's really deep. Yeah. You just don't see it in, <laughs> in the it. British version. <laughs> but I think for the American wow. version, it's deep as fuck. You went left. Okay, all right. Brooding. I get yeah. it. I actually I don't know. I don't know. Think for me. Karuchi. Huh? Karuchi. Karuchi. Does she act? Yeah, she could have. There's a new, have you seen the new uh, yes. lady yes. playing the lead in Boomerang? I mean, that's just being a bit aesthetically okay, quick. I've not seen that. I or, don't know or do you know who I adore? Um, what's her name? Angela King from... Um... Thinking. Oh, Asia Naomi King. That's the one. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go she, for that. Yeah, we'll go for her. And yeah. you guys, obviously, because somebody's not here, somebody's in LA, who Samson. would you pick for Samson? I would want Cedric the Entertainer to play Samson. Because <laughs> they're the same age, and they both act a fool. You're, you're silly. He is brilliant. Yeah. So, on that note, <laughs> stay on the time travel thing. What about going into the future? Can we do that at least? Some sci-fi stuff? Possibly. They've got a time machine, so they can go mm. backwards or they could go forward. So yeah. I think like... The possibilities are endless. Yeah, 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 which is so interesting about it. Where would you like to go if you could go forward? Oh. I'd like to be in a world where people don't go out brandishing weapons when they find out what's happened to their friends. I'd like to be in a world <laughs> where uh, we don't have to form independent parties because everyone is trash in politics. I'd like to be in a world where I we don't have to build no walls. Jason's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd just like to live in a better world. Yeah, so yeah. maybe 2020 is where we set it because wow. next year surely can't be as bad as this year. <laughs> so. I guess maybe like the year 3000 and just see what's going on, see what's, what's left. happened. Yeah. Yeah, see what's left. It's yeah. hard to say forwards because you just don't know what's coming. Will there even be a world? It will happen with global warming. Oh gosh, that's too I think it will just be yeah. hot all yeah. the time. It's hot all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. hot. Maybe we find out by filming somewhere hot. Yeah. And get inspiration from it. Just, just go to a location and then while we're there, just see. Okay, right, okay, so cool. It goes, always goes back to the, yeah. the heat. Yeah, the heat. Maybe it doesn't have to be Liverpool. So this thing Maybe it's like some... Manchester or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. So this season has got some new characters. You're joined by um, Javon Prince. Yeah, yes. brilliant. Do you have people in mind like, okay. I wrote the characters first and then 
the idea of the person came in after. Okay. Yeah, so like with Javon, I wrote a character, Pastor Gabriel, which is based on my pastor when I was a kid. When I was writing it, I was like, Javon is going to do this to perfection. So I was like, here we go, straight off her. There we go. Clint as well, he played General Hands. And funnily enough, like, yeah, yeah. we both saw him in um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom at the National. Oh, yeah. And also, I saw him in Preservation Drives a few years previous to that. Oh, like, okay. And I mean, he's just. Yeah, he's I mean, brilliant. When, when I read the character, we were like having an early read through before any casting had started. And I said to Daniel, you. That's Clint Dyer. I was like, yeah, I know. And he was yeah. like, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's already him. Yeah. And so he came in and auditioned, absolutely nailed it. He's one of those people that, but if we do do another series, they was like, how do we get him back for series three? Awesome. Uh, yeah, but they were both like, I remember watching Javon. I wasn't filming that day and I just had tears running down my eyes. Yeah, because he was not only doing my lines, but he was also improving as well. And so when we got to the edit, it was like, keep it, keep it all. So he was brilliant. Yeah, they were fantastic to have. In this whole thing, what's it been like? What's fame been like right now? Is it manageable, a bit stressful? Are you learning things or? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling very Will Smith right now. <laughs> um... Do you feel that you're in the room a bit more? Like with the success of this show and your prominence in this industry, do you feel like you've got a bit of a better seat at the table? I would say absolutely. In the visibility that the show has created, the generations that are coming after us, mm. just coming up in the streets, being like, supporting us, you know, people in their teens, in their 30s, people who, who have struggled in acting or in the industry in general, and been like, you know what, you guys got to where you are, we're gonna keep going too. Sure. You know, there's room for all of us. So that's been really, really lovely. There's a sense of camaraderie in the in the industry mm -hmm. um, that's happened since this show. On the flip side, yeah, definitely, there are more scripts arriving on the table, which is great. You know, and long may that continue. And is you know? being a young lady um, in in the industry? I mean, it's interesting. Like, it's I think what Kadif was saying about people feeling very grateful for the show. Um, especially as for me as a woman, like I get a lot of young girls coming over to me and in the street, or, like on the train or wherever, just being like, "Oh, it's so cool to see someone like you on screen." Which, well, you're not getting that from girls as well. Obviously. It's just increased. Yeah. yeah, I think it's slightly different with this show because it's four black leads as opposed mm, to just mm. the one yeah. girl, and then also it's a black woman sort of in the midst of three black men, but still really holding her own. There's no point does Lauren sort of fade into the background yeah. or, you know, assume what maybe the world would naturally think a woman's role should be. Sure. She's always at the forefront. And I just think the effect that that has on young women is really great. And that's not just, you know, me assuming. That's like, you know, from girls coming up to me and saying whatever they're saying. So, yeah, it's great. And then obviously you're in a breakthrough breakthrough Brit mm -hmm. yeah. um, and how's that how's that journey been and what are you learning yeah like I suppose when you were saying about like a seat at the table like I do feel like much more included like people look to me and people come to me I, do, I get loads of offers and stuff like that and being able to <laughs> it's odd in some ways but the black voice partly because of this show and partly because because I have been doing it for so long I have definitely seen the shift at the point where I would literally be the only black person on set all the time and there'd only be a handful it was like me Javon and Daniel Kaluuya do you know what I mean and now I feel like that pool is slightly getting bigger I feel like there's more shows like Time Wasters or Famalam or Chewing Gum or Sunny D or Samson's got his own show coming out. I feel like it's just about us now 
expanding and building on that and keeping the conversation going because I've seen those spikes in the past where shows come and everyone's like, oh, ethnicity, uh, diversity, and then it spikes and then it just goes back to what it usually is. Mm. So I think it's for us to keep the conversation going. So is there, do you feel like there's an infrastructure amongst the black creators, British black creators, because obviously there is still the people going off to America, mm. but I'm, I don't know, even the sense that I'm getting from you guys and from speaking to other people, there's starting to be a bit more of a collective network and people are a oh, bit definitely. more open to working with each other, not being scared to be like, if I'm the only black in the room, I get all the money and I get all the accolade. Oh, Don't no, bring anyone yeah, else in, there's more collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think away. that's going away. And I think we're all being far more open and honest with each other. Like, well, we just didn't want just to... Um, go here. Look, before, you, you would never want to sort of share like with your contracts and things like that and yeah, like you never what you know what I mean like I think that's changing I think we're trusting each other a lot more and we're just saying well let's just help each other because mm, yeah. why not yeah, yeah. And what were you saying about what Michaela started with her? Yeah, no, she started with like an initiative amongst black writers to swap their contracts in the industry to, to make sure we're all on the same sort of level playing field. Very to, helpful. It's really helpful. And of course, because you don't know what a contract looks like as a, as a first-time writer. You sure. don't. You kind of take the advice of your peers, but you also take the advice of the people employing you. You go, oh, they must, they're not going to try and screw me over, you know, whatever, which is never usually the case. But, you know, it's just having an open dialogue, which I think is happening more and more. Uh, because there are more and more of us writing, creating, acting, producing, you know. Yeah. I, I really, really hope it continues. I'm sure it will. And yeah. you guys haven't got the American bug. Or oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can you can do both. But I'm, for me in particular, I'm more than happy to do it here. But, I mean, so many shows now are being sold to these platforms like Netflix and Amazon. Yeah. So you're, you can quite easily do both and people go back and forth all the time. So I think as the years come on, go go on, that line's going to be blurred even more. So what's next for you guys after this? Does it all thing and you know, <laughs> land you season up to season 10 and stuff like that? <laughs> I hope. We'll see. So for me, I'm still writing. So I already starting work on series three and I hope that that gets commissioned as well. Starting work on the American version as well. Got producer on board. LL Cool J. Is going to produce the American version if we get it going. Okay. I know, I know. I was the same. I met him in LA a couple of weeks ago and I was a bit wow. like, so you're LL Cool J. Wow. Uh, so that was a bit insane. And then I've got a script with the BBC as well. Uh, and then, yeah, and seeing what, where else the world will take me. Uh, I've got a script at BBC at the, as well at the moment in development that I'm writing and that I'll be in also. And I am filming on a couple of great shows at the moment with some brilliant actors I'm doing a new show for Channel 4 and Hulu and then I finish that and I, I start a new series for Netflix um, which will go to the end of the year which is great but it's just yeah more more life more work <laughs> I'm doing a BBC drama at the moment called The Capture it's a mini series which is really fun so yeah that's what I'm doing right now okay cool Ooh. sounds good and writing I'm and supposed you're... to be writing <laughs> am I holding you yeah. up <laughs> no I'm holding myself up yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright I think I've naturally well done to it. Thank you guys. Great, thank, thank you. you. Thank you.